Welcome back to another episode of Arsenio's ESL Podcast. Today, we're talking about smart cities, baby. What is a smart city? Well, you know what? First and foremost, before I get into that, if we look at number one, two, three, four, five, six, these are the questions that you'll be able to answer in regards to this listening that you will be listening for. But what we need to do is first discuss what a smart city is. But before even going into what a smart city is, we need to figure out and discuss some of these questions before we do that. So number one. Has where you lived changed in the last five to 10 years? If so, how? So me being born and raised in Las Vegas, me not being there for seven years already, I could tell it hasn't changed. Okay, there's a new stadium, there's a couple of uh, mega resorts you know, to attract tourists, but the transportation is still appalling. And yes, that means you need a car to get anywhere. There are insufficient bus routes. In some bus routes, the bus runs every hour. And you know what? If you're very unlucky, it will run every two hours if one bus breaks down. So the inefficiency and, of course, the ability for these particular, uh, the mayor of the, damn, of the damn city, for them to not do anything about it is pretty appalling. So how has it changed? It hasn't. Las Vegas will always be Las Vegas. Now, again, some people may be against that. Who knows? Maybe they've been to Las Vegas to say, oh my God, it's amazing. Maybe, maybe it's been seven years and it will be 70 years before I go back. <laughs> but nonetheless, guys, what we need to focus on is how about Bangkok? So guys, I remember when I first came here, the transportation is always the biggest thing. I do believe that pollution is on the rise. Um, now that we have a lot of technology and we're able to figure out what airborne particles are out there, we're able to quickly assess and say, oh, you know, the pollution is really bad and then it becomes a hot topic and no one does anything about it. Obviously, it's Thailand, right? So why is this pollution happening? Well, yes, the influx of cars and people still, you know, I'm literally just sitting right outside. You know, I'm not, not right outside, but I'm sitting literally right next to my window and I see these cars stopped on the motorway. And just over that is the SkyTrain. So easily they could possibly park at the beginning of town so they could take the train inside. But because of these people believing that the car is an asset and maybe, oh, you know, I saved money on transportation. No, but you bought a car. That means you wasted a lot of money already unless it's bank owned. These people will never take the train. However, I'm going to give you an example. How has it improved? When I first came here, 2013, the only lines were, I remember a place called Mochi. And I literally, I think this, this line that I have right outside my home, it wasn't even built like seven years ago. They built that probably right when I came. Um, so I'm very, very lucky and I'm fortunate. They did not go to the edge of town by the name of Bangwa until probably early 2014. Now, None of these lines, I remember going on one of the big roadways and on this roadway, I mean, the traffic, oh, you're just like, like in the evening, everyone leaves in the morning, everyone comes, you're sitting in traffic for, I remember getting on the, the I'm, there is a tollway with four lanes on top of the main road that has another four lanes and it still takes an hour and 20 minutes to travel 20 kilometers, which is 12 miles. So you could only imagine there are 10 million cars in and out of this goddamn place and in the surrounding suburbs. And yet the road can only hold a tenth of that, which is 1 million cars. 
So you can only imagine how bad it is. But you know what? How has it changed? I'm very fortunate now because after, of course, the new government, this and that, I don't know what happened, but they realized the severity of the situation needing a mass transit system, just as Las Vegas did. And now I'm able, well, not yet, because it's only open for like six hours of the day, but let's just say when I come home, I can take a train and what would be, let's just say a 30 to a 35 minute bus ride, depending on traffic. If it's really bad traffic for whatever reason, it could be like going to work this morning, was literally 50 minutes, 50, 50, five, zero, okay? As a matter of fact, it was almost an hour. Let's just put it that way. It was an hour. But once that train opens from 8 a.m. instead of 10 a.m., and they're going to open gradually, and uh, you know they're going to lengthen the time, it will only take me six minutes precisely to get from that station I don't have to walk down, walk up, nothing. All I have to do is take the escalator once I get outside and go up to the other platform and take a six-minute train, and that will reduce my time by 54 minutes. So it has improved. It's improving right now. They're building. They're putting in these trains, the transit systems. A lot is happening. But also, the pollution is getting worse. And how much can they continue to build, build, build? And will these people start taking the train? So that's one, that's one thing, okay? Another is, do you think living in a city will become easier or harder in the future? It depends what city. Living in Singapore is fantastic. Literally, Marina Bay Sands from where my hotel is, oh my God, I cannot run there. It's pretty far, right? But I took a train and it took me 10 minutes to get there. And I, and I literally got lost for about four of those minutes. That's how excellent the train system is. Hey, guess what? Japan, Tokyo, Shinjuku, that place is phenomenal. I'm, yeah, I know it's very confused and people get lost. But have you seen the buses? Have you seen that crazy monorail where you're actually hanging in the air and it goes through all these crazy widgets and all these little alleys? O-M-G. It should be easy. It should become easier. Saudi Arabia, they're building a mass transit system right now that may be up within the next five years. It should be easy. New York and America's infrastructure, unfortunately, they're not improving anything. And I just don't understand why. But, I can't, but again, I guess the majority of the budget's going to military spending. So going into number three, how would you improve your city or a big city you know? How would you improve it? Now, I love Singapore there. They have a lot of green areas within the city. This is what Thailand's lacking right now. The boom, the condo boom is what we're gonna call it. This boom is so unbelievably crazy at the moment. There are condos, I swear, there's like another six condos going up where I live right now. I'm like, guys, I don't, I, I don't know where these people are gonna come from. Who's gonna live there? Do you want foreigners to come in and buy up everything? Like, what are you doing? I don't understand. What's the process behind this? You're letting all these big, big time, big hitters come in and say, hey, I want to buy the land. I want to build a condo. But well, when the condo bus comes, the value of each of these units are going to fall completely. And what they had invested in it before is only a tenth. This is exactly what happened to America. So I believe that there needs to be a mass amount of green areas. But here in Thailand, Money talks. So what used to be, let's say, uh, 30 rye or 25 acres, 
has been reduced to 22, then 19, down to 15, down to 10. Next thing you know, they, they're going to start like removing animals and taking them to other sides of town because they want to build other things. You see, that doesn't make any sense, does it? So how would you improve? There's a number of things I would improve in Thailand, but Thailand is not my country. Having the mass transit system, you got to have more subways. Now, I completely understand how beautiful the mass transit system is going to look in 10 years. Okay, with the yellow line, the orange line, the brown line, the gray line, the gold line, all these crazy lines, right? But because Thailand has a ridiculous amount of super blocks, it will still make it virtually impossible for someone to walk from the middle of a super block to the main road to find transportation to get to the SkyTrain. The layout of this city is, I, I, I can't even explain in words. It's the Big Bang fuck theory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, in America, these, these goddamn mayors and all these lawmakers are, no, we don't want to build anything in the middle of the city. No, we don't want to build a, a sky chain. It's going to make, make it look ugly in this. Listen, there are people who take the bus and they spend an hour on the bus going maybe seven miles. This is the same problem out here in Thailand. And it's not even because of traffic. It's because the bus is slow or it takes forever for the bus to come. So just get better, that's it. Japan is unbelievably amazing. Singapore is unbelievably amazing. Switzerland has the tram in the middle of the road. Hong Kong is fantastic. Come on, man. Boy, when I was on that Hong Kong train, boy, I couldn't believe it. Hell, Taiwan, they just built their little international station. Uh, what is it, the train from? the international airport right into the heart of the, what is it, Taipei? Hey, man. And don't say, oh, we don't have, oh, oh, Thailand. Oh, you got all the money in the world, Thailand. But it's just, you know, those wrong arms. So anyways, in what ways do you think new technology could be used to improve city life? So what we're going to do, before I even get into this, man, I could go on and on and on and on with technology. But let's just give this nice little... Oh my God, what we're going to do is listen to this wonderful listening. All right, it's about smart cities. And then we're going to have something to build up on. So without further ado, guys, let's get into this. Presentation, the first thing we need to do is set the context, right? What are smart cities? Well, I've made some notes about this. Uh, smart cities are managed by integrated computer systems. So that means for everything, energy consumption, traffic regulation, water usage, there's one unified control system. Barcelona and Kansas are internationally recognized smart cities and more cities are becoming smart all the time. Okay, that's a good introduction. And then did you read that article I sent you about talking lampposts? Sorry, Laura, I haven't had time yet. That's okay. It was about a project in one smart city where all the street furniture, uh, like lampposts, post boxes, bus stops and things, as you walked past, you could send a message on your smartphone and a lamppost would message you back with content from other people who'd been at that place, experiences they'd had there, things to do in the area and so on. <laughs> okay. I mean, it sounds like a fun experiment. But we need to focus the presentation on more important uses of technology, don't we? But that's the point. This is just the sort of thing we need to see more of. 
citizens using technology to enhance the urban experience for other citizens. Oh. A few smart cities are starting to explore this, but most of them are just thinking about infrastructure management. Oh, OK. I see what you mean now. Let's include that in the presentation. Uh, then I found another example, smart parking. Mm. This one's quite interesting. Basically, it'll involve systems that alert drivers when there's a free parking space nearby. Think of how much more relaxed everyone will be. Mm. But the more significant thing is this. By cutting down the average time it takes to park by just three minutes, from 15 to 12 minutes, it can reduce CO2 emissions by 400 tonnes in a city the size of Barcelona. Ah. That's what makes it really worthwhile. Though, I guess it may just mean that more people will drive everywhere. But we'll have to wait and see whether that happens. Yeah, good point. Then, as another example of how smart cities will work, there's the question of sensors in new building materials. Right. We'll have smart concrete, self-healing road surfaces, intelligent steel, because all these new materials will have sensors built into them. So broken road surfaces will be able to repair themselves. <laughs> That's got to be a good thing, right? Absolutely. But there's another side to it. We'll have sensors everywhere gathering information, not just about buildings and roads, but about the people using them. I think that's a real worry. Yeah. Cities will be wired up to capture information about everything we do. Who's going to have access to all that information? I'm nervous about that too. Mm, people need to feel confident that their personal information will be protected. For sure. Then I've also been reading about digital signage. I think that's got loads of potential. What it means is adverts in smart cities will be personalised to each citizen and they'll be able to provide services. So, for example, at the moment, we see concert posters on billboards all around the city, right? In future, if you want to go to the concert, it'll be possible to buy your ticket straight from the billboard, there and then. Adverts will give you immediate access to their products. It's a good example of how things will be more connected. All right. A nice point to make in the presentation. Then I think we should also mention criminals. It might sound like something from a sci-fi film, but what if a group of criminals breaks into a city's computer system and brings the city to a standstill so they can pull off some robbery or whatever? But is that actually realistic in a smart city? Well, according to some researchers, it's not so far-fetched. In some big cities, you know, the computer systems were put in place 20 or 30 years ago. Mm. No one was really thinking about cyber defence at that stage. And they're still in use today, which is amazing, right? Yeah, that's incredible. They should have had an upgrade by now. But surely that will change pretty quickly now that people are more aware of the risks? Well, maybe not. The criminals may always just stay one step ahead. Well, on that point, what about Cyber City? Oh, yeah. That's the game that's been developed in the US, isn't it? Yes, that's right. It's like a model smart city, and you can come and test your skills against it and see if you can hack into the system or not. And it's all incredibly lifelike. Uh, traffic, hospitals, water, even an imaginary social network. <sighs> I thought it was brilliant that the designers had thought of every little thing. Yeah, it's really ingenious how they've managed to make it so realistic. At the moment, only governments and some private companies can use it. 
and it really gives them a great insight into, you know, if you're building a smart city, the sort of things you need to think about. So that it really does make life better, whether you're talking about society in general or individual citizens. Right. Then, after the main part of our presentation, we should let the rest of the class ask some questions. And there it is, people. That is very fascinating. First and foremost, anytime you think, of course, the nation's security and people's security and their privacy is the utmost importance. Um, but we cannot live life in fear and, 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 oh my God, how do you even say it? In fear, believing that our identity could be taken or that robbers could just rob everything and not develop because we haven't tested anything. I mean, if that's the case, Facebook should have been shut down, right? Because they've been tested a number of times. Hackers, Cambridge Analytica, them swaying the presidential election, and then Russia, and all that craziness that happened out there. It's just very, it's very eye-opening and eye-catching, to say the least. Uh, but I do believe that there are a lot of interesting things. Now, the lamppost, it's brilliant, but at the same time, it's like well, what about my privacy? What if, like, stalkers, this could encourage stalkers to stalk women even more, which could be very, very problematic in a society such as America um, because it just happens just so often. Um, I don't hear of stalkers here in Thailand so much. Maybe it's on Thai news, but I never hear about that. But, in, again, some countries have bigger problems or they have a bigger issue in specific categories opposed to others. Um, but I do believe that the smart parking is a brilliant idea. Uh, I think that would benefit a lot of people. I see that out here in Thailand a little bit. Uh, the parking, in terms of, let's just say you're getting ready to park somewhere, it says there are this number of lots left. Now, that I've seen that out there in America uh, a couple of times. I was like, oh, good job, guys. I see that you guys are getting ahead because it just seems like America is so far back on a lot of different things. So when I went out there three years ago, I was like, hey. Not bad. I mean, you guys didn't have a goddamn thing about seven years ago, but now you do. So congratulations. A bravo, bravo. Uh, but I do believe that that helps. Uh, I think it could be better. I think it could, uh, there could be arrows within a parking lot or a parking garage saying, okay, for this way, okay, someone's pulling out, okay, this, okay, that, this one's just been taken. Like this should be AI embedded within the cement, uh, and of course, she was just talking about this, like this, the streets would repair themselves. That is brilliant because that takes away a lot of traffic woes, a lot of traffic problems and this and that. Uh, but then again, you know, there are always pros and cons of these types of things, but I just think it's very, very fascinating. So anyways, I would love to hear some of your opinions out there. We'll do, I'll probably do another speaking podcast this, this, since this one is already very, very long. And of course, if you guys have any questions or have any comments, let me know. And as always, guys, that's the end of this ESL podcast. We're going to be continuing later. Over and out.